Hello, and welcome to In the Limelight, Vanity Fair's entertainment and pop culture podcast. I'm Josh Duboff, Vanity Fair senior writer, and I'm here with Julie Miller, Vanity Fair senior Hollywood writer. On In the Limelight, we analyze the ins and outs of pop culture, entertainment, and celebrity from the past week, from the Kardashians to Kate Middleton and everything in between. So you get a double dose of us this week because this is a very special second episode there's only been a few events I feel like we've done the emergency episode treatment for. I remember Beyonce's twins, Megan, Beyonce's and, twins. Megan and Harry's wedding, and then I guess this is the third, maybe? I feel like there might have even been others, but... Yes, and you oh. are in for a treat because Josh has been up since the very, <laughs> very early morning hours. I feel like you may have been the only person in the world to watch the complete... The complete, like, the, like full... Because honestly, so I was up at 4.30 a.m. on the East Coast. So the wedding didn't start till 6 a.m. here. So there was like a good hour and a half of pregame coverage which <laughs> was streaming on TL- or TLC had the live feed and you got this kind of amazing it was very different than in the US I think cuz it was like six British commentators but they kind of were sassy and like if they if they would kind of like someone would come out of the car walking into the wedding and you know it would be like Sarah Ferguson or something and one of them would just be like what do you think of that and then <laughs> and then they'd all kind of like You could tell everyone sort of wanted to be even more catty than they were. Like people would say like, oh, well, it's nice. But like you could see they were like in America, that would never be how it went down, you know. Um, I love that so much. I woke up and was turned on TLC towards the end of the coverage and they had like clearly checked out. They were just (laughs) eating cake, like not even really trying to fill. Also, I thought it was so funny because the people would walk down past sort of where they were stationed and then all the commentators would turn around and wave like like trying to say (laughs) hi to, you know, Beatrice or whoever might have been coming by. Um, We have a lot actually. I feel like there was a lot to discuss and you guys sent us some great questions and comments, which we're excited to read. But Princess, gosh, they said her name a thousand times during the telecast. It's so not how I've been saying it all along. I know. It's Eugenie. 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 I think you emphasize the first part of I'm going to try to say her name as infrequently (laughs) as possible over this podcast because I really do not feel confident in my pronunciation of it. But... Julie, what did you think of the dress? I think most urgently and importantly to discuss. I I really appreciated it, especially from behind. I was really into that mm-hmm. kind of low cut back, which she did on purpose. She said she wanted to reveal the scars from the back operation she had when she was 12. Did you mention it was designed by Peter Pilato and Christopher DeVos? I did not, uh, but I'm so happy you did. <laughs> A long-sleeved ivory gown with a flowing train, folded shoulders, and a low back. She didn't have a veil, but she wore the Gravel emerald tiara borrowed from her grandmother. Oh, the commentators were very excited about that because one of them, she hadn't gotten out of the car yet, and one of them's like, I heard a little rumor that her something borrowed (laughs) is going to be a tiara from the queen. And then you could tell the rest of them, like, didn't know what to make of that. And then when she showed up, she was like, kind of did like a, yeah, see, like, I knew what I was talking about. Um, You were making me laugh so (laughs) But also, they were very scandalized but that she didn't wear a veil, which I didn't know. You might know more than me about, like, bridal fashion or such, but apparently that was, like, seen as a surprise and and not controversial necessarily, but kind of odd. 
I really love that she leaned hard into that emerald green motif, yeah. as did Fergie. But I, I did like the dress a lot. I thought it was kind of cute the way that she and Andrew got out of the car and it was so windy and he was like desperately trying to smooth out the train of her dress. They should have had a few more people on hand. I got nervous that because the dress was so long and flowing and it was so windy, which we'll talk about more. Um, but and those steps the, yeah, were yeah, treacherous. And, and, and all these steps and I was like, this is a really bad act. <laughs> like I was nervous because also one of the um the young, not Princess Charlotte, but one of the other young bridesmaids fell. I think Charlotte slipped too, right? Charlotte like, slipped. There's an amazing video of this huge gust of wind nearly wiping out one flower girl. And then Charlotte waves like she's paid per, I don't know, wrist rotation or something. <laughs> And she turns back around to wave again to the cameras and then the wind nearly wipes her out as well. Yeah, I feel like the wind made me nervous for her ascent into the actually into the Windsor Castle kind of entrance. But I think that she looked great. I thought it was a really we've talked a lot back in the seems like years ago, but back in May when Megan got married about the fit and I felt like this was like an impeccable fit. Like it looked it was a really nicely kind of made dress, I thought. And I guess I read on Twitter somewhere this morning that when she got engaged, she was like immediately knew this was the dress. Like sh- this was it. Like she knew she wanted this look. And I feel like she knew. Like I don't know. I could I could sense that there was like a level right. of like it like really suited her. There was a confidence. Yeah. There. Um, and I my, thought the fit was amazing. Yeah, it really was. Um, my other favorite details, sort of related, were ju- this is sort of jumping around, but not really. I guess the Jack Brooks bank her husband now um was like waiting with his brother like harry and william style for you know her to come down and i guess like it was he walked in and then put glasses on after he'd already reached like the front to like all the better to watch eugenie come down the aisle and then such a move and then took the glasses back off when she got up there so it was just purely to better see her, which I thought was very, I don't know, that felt like out of a romantic comedy or something. I know, I want some guy to do that for me. Imagine a guy just like adding glasses into the arsenal purely to see you. <laughs> um, I did also feel like it was sweet, like I, I moving ahead to Beatrice maybe a little bit, like how uh, Fergie and Beatrice came and like were together and so excited. And then her coming with Andrew was very nice. I thought it was like a sweet entrance. And I also thought it was interesting. They didn't do, um, I'm not sure if you saw a clip of this, but like Harry and Meghan walked all the way down immediately. They stopped and like let all the guests in the front get like a good look at them and did a little like two second part of the ceremony there. So everyone kind of could see them. And then Wait, they there was in. a location change within the church, <laughs> and, the chapel? And they also changed it so that in the front of the chapel for Harry and Meghan's wedding, everyone was facing forward. Eugenie shifted it so everyone was facing, looking in, like the better to see the bride. I like that, but I can't get over the location change. <laughs> the location that is a change. diva move. Uh-huh. Okay, let's talk about the rest of the family. So Fergie came in in sort of an emerald green her hat got a good amount of attention. In fact, on um, these British commentators, they keep going back to them because they just were so funny to me. One of them was like, are those chopsticks on her hat? <laughs> like, it 
kind of looked like two kind of um like i don't even know what you just have what you call them but i thought I, it was into her look I was into her look too. I think it's very Fergie that I feel like Mothers of the Bride usually stick to a more subdued. Yeah, this was color. not subdued. Yeah. No. Also, she got out of that car. There was some controversy because she was like four or five minutes late. And then she and Beatrice get out, got out. Beatrice kind of immediately went in. She went over to like say hi to the fans. She shook a few hands. <laughs> she kind of like did a whole little moment, waved. And oh, then, the Daily Mail has a whole account of just that. Don't worry. It was a full... I, I feel like for a mother of a bride, it's a little unusual, but I kind of right. loved it. Oh, I love it too. <laughs> she was also carrying a vintage bag that her late mother carried to her wedding to Prince Andrew. Oh. So. Then you have a note here, which is... I didn't even realize that she was sitting, I guess, almost right in front of Prince Philip. Yes, and there was so much speculation leading up to the wedding because Prince Philip has not been able to tolerate Fergie since, I guess it was 1992, so this is a while now, when those photos were published of her cavorting topless in Saint-Tropez with some... American businessman who was not her husband while she was still married and he was just so furious about the disgrace and humiliation that she brought on the family that he has avoided her at all costs. I was surprised that he made it to the wedding. That he ended up coming considering that backstory. And he's 97 and you know I I guess it's a nice sign to Eugenie that he came or I don't know. Right. I mean, solidarity, yes. And they didn't cause any sort of real housewives style. <laughs> yeah, like, for, I mean, maybe, that, maybe that's during. to come at the reception after, like, a few glasses of champagne. <laughs> but let's uh, talk about Beatrice. So, the maid of honor, this dress, Julie, what, I, I mean, it, I thought she looked great, but it was not your typical sort of, I guess they said on the telecast, like, you would usually see more of, like, ivory tones or, like, um... I don't Wait, know. what did those newscasters say? That's what they said. They said oh, that when she came out, they were like, oh, this is kind of an interesting color choice. It looked more like what, like, honestly, what Kate and Megan wore. Like, that, that, it was more in that color scheme to me, like that, that look. It was a little strange to me. It read more as guest at a wedding than. Not maid of honor than maid of honor but she has in the past been kind of on the receiving end of a lot of criticism about she what she's worn to these weddings yes. so maybe she just wanted to play it super safe i actually had the same thought because at william and kate's wedding that hat was like the most viral thing from the whole wedding that she wore and i just feel like maybe she's sick of people i don't know maybe she just wanted to, yeah exactly like she just wanted to play it super safe Right. I thought she looked great in those uh, shades of blue and purple. I'll be very curious to see what she and Eugenie change into Mm. for the reception. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But there were some wild, wild fashion looks. So Beatrice, I felt, looked very elegant. Yes. Yeah. Some of the celeb guests, we'll get into them, had some more wild looks. Uh, Beatrice's big moment during the actual ceremony was a reading which I always am, I feel like we've talked about this before, but it's always just funny to me when you actually hear their voices. Cause like it occurred to me, I've never heard, I barely heard Kate speak. And then I've never, definitely never heard Princess Beatrice speak. 
so it was kind of jarring at first. And they noted on the telecast that she's dyslexic, which makes it even more of like a feat that she pulled off this like reading so you know wonderfully. Um, well, so wait, that's just the color commentary from these ITV <laughs> newscasters? Yeah, they, they added that in there. Um, so they're really like ramping up the stakes leading into her getting to that mic. Jeez. You know, like little did I know, a wedding reading has never, I've never watched with such bated breath. Uh, I guess they had to like inject any adrenaline into that ceremony where they could. I feel like... <laughs> The Brits are really good at just kind of making everything seem borderline scandalous in a way that Americans are not. Well, then, speaking of borderline scandalous, so this reading was from The Great Gatsby. I I, have such a big smile on my face (laughs) waiting to hear how Josh describes this. It was was about... Okay, so I I guess there's been, like, some controversy, and I'm not really sure 100% how I feel... But the passage, as someone pointed out on Twitter, uh, one of the journalists in Britain, it's about like the smile of Gatsby, who's a con man, essentially. And you're like drawn in by it, but he's going to end up like conning you. It's not like authentic. So people thought it was a very odd passage. Um, not a traditional. <laughs> and definitely not traditional. It was also interesting that it was like an American book at this royal wedding. That's You know, it just was like an interesting choice for a lot of reasons. I haven't, I don't think I've ever been at a wedding where, well, I don't know, I'm sure I've been at a wedding where some great Gatsby passage maybe has been read, but this one seemed a little unusual. She reads this. Then the like minister, whoever was in charge of the service, then like explains it in like kind of long detail. And I guess the reason for the passage was that the first time she saw him, he reminded her of Gatsby. And then like, I think she told him that I'm paraphrasing this a little bit. Like she told him that she uh, usually told Jack, like she, that this like like, was reminded her of him. And then she like sent him this passage and it was like an in joke between them or something. I feel like they tried to contextualize it in the ceremony so that it made like a little more sense. But then I'm also feeling like they were doing a lot of um, backpedaling to like explain why <laughs> Beatrice had read this like borderline weird. And then an author I really like was also I had like an interesting Twitter thread about how like even though in the context of the book it's sort of a menacing passage one should be able to like interpret a passage however they like and maybe this means something different for the couple and you know if if this smile reminded her of Gatsby's and there's something beautiful about it so I'm not sure I mean if it's like an important passage for them I guess like all power to them <laughs> but it was definitely weird that that was to me like the centerpiece of the ceremony like if you ask someone I feel like after like what happened at the ceremony you'd be like oh there's all that weird great Gatsby stuff it's just kind of right. it's just kind of like a little funny were there cutaways at all during that not nearly enough um I feel like Megan and Harry, they had, I don't know, the A-team out there, the BBC, <laughs> just knowing exactly, like, Cameron, Kate, Cameron, Camilla, Cameron, you know, uh, Amal and George. I feel like this one was not as, they just weren't quite as savvy about that. There was a few cuts to Megan and Kate, but I wanted more rapid-fire reactions. And I guess, we're is this a good time to get into Kate and Megan? Um, because yes. one of the interesting things was, I, I, they were good about Kate and Megan before the wedding started. They kept cutting to them. So we saw a lot about their interactions. And it was awkward because it went Charles, Sans, Camilla, William, Kate in the middle, Harry, 
Megan. And Megan was awkwardly having to like make small talk with Princess Anne for a while, who was on her Which other side. <laughs> and I, I was like, <laughs> I was like really curious about what that conversation was. But then I feel like the next couple of cutaways, it kept looking like Harry and Megan were kind of whispering. And then William and Charles, I feel like maybe because Charles didn't have his usual plus one of Camilla, I feel like William was going out of his way to like chat with Charles. So Kate kind of would be like staring straight ahead a lot whenever they cut. It was just an awkward dynamic. Like I feel like she didn't look super, I mean, obviously she was comfortable. It was just like, it was just funny. Like she didn't really seem to have either one to talk to. Right. I... That's always such an awkward situation. You don't know whether you should lean in, pretend like you can hear the person. Yeah. All the way. I mean, it's awkward enough for me at a wedding when I don't really know the people and then let alone when like you're being filmed while it's all happening. Like God knows what I would do. I would just like put a mask over my head, Samantha Markle style. Um, Okay. Kate wore, I guess, a hot, it's not hot pink. It's like a fuchsia raspberry sort of bold color though. For Kate, right. And no, I guess it was, I guess. Especially after she wore the recycled dress, dress to Megan's, to Megan's. Um, And it was interesting. I feel like this was a very different Kate vibe. Um, it was sort of structured almost. It was like a kind of in- more interesting look than we might expect from her. Because obviously with Kate and Megan, I guess now, it's always this thing of like they don't want to upstage the bride. But... I was kind of like into it. I felt like she was kind of having a little more fun than sometimes maybe. Okay, then also this PDA moment. <laughs> so It was strange, but <laughs> like not that the ITV or whoever those cameras helped matters because they did a full, a full on zoom. zoom. Well, so one of my favorite moments uh, of this telecast was like you didn't even know whose hand you were seeing. It was kind of this like really intense zoom in on two hands kind of like clutching and it was like very provocative in a weird way especially at a royal wedding in a church and then and then they zoom out slow it was very artistic and then you see it's kate and william which also is interesting julie do you think they're like at all influenced by harry and megan's sort of attention they've gotten for their pda because this is unusual for these two i feel like I want to believe that subconsciously Kate is so aware and that's why she's taking these extra steps that she normally never would. I'm sure Kate has a million other things to focus (laughs) on in life, but just in my fantasy scenario. Yes. I mean, it definitely, we've been watching these cats for a while and I feel like (laughs) they don't ever, Kate and William do not do this kind of thing. No, it was... I felt a little inappropriate watching it. It was, yeah. it was. It felt like something strange. we were not supposed to see. Exactly. It, it was. Uh, it was. It was a lot to handle. Um, but I'm very curious what you make of Megan's look because I was a little disappointed. I was too. She was wearing uh, Na- see, a was navy it, Givenchy, Givenchy kind of coat with- dress sort of thing. Right, kind of a a coat over the dress that matched, yeah. but it didn't do anything to quell those pregnancy rumors at all yeah a few of you guys tweeted us about that i don't it's kind of the whole there was like a weird subtext and this came up god these commentators i feel like we should send them like a bread basket or fruit basket um because they are providing so much ample fuel for discussion but i felt like um it was just weird because it was in the same venue as megan's wedding it's it was only a few months later 
And I feel like it was hard to watch this wedding and not just kind of think back to seeing this exact same wedding take place, but on like a grander scale in some ways uh, in May, or obviously more global attention by a, a whole lot. So I kind of get that she just wanted to like... Like, they didn't even do the long walk in. They snuck in Kate, William, Harry, and Meghan, like, in this, like, car pulled them right up to the front. Um, Right. So I kind of feel like Meghan was just trying to, like, not even be seen. Though, one of my favorite moments was... And I just remind, I, I feel like I always sometimes forget that she was an actress now. Like, because I feel like the whole thing now is like they try to avoid looking at the camera, obviously, or like pretend the camera's not there. But as an actress, you're meant to like find the camera, like find your angle or whatever it is. And at one point, she like makes direct, Megan made direct eye contact with the camera. Um, and no one ever, like Kate never does that. And it's kind of crazy. And it made me realize like, oh like that's probably hard a hard habit to shake like your whole life as an actress you're used to like looking to the camera so there's just something funny to me about that it was like her old the old megan like coming through a little i love any glimpse of the old megan uh i did i thought she looked incredible though i just was hoping yeah no she looked great it just was like i i I feel like if we wanted like a crazy kind of outfit we were not going to get or like kind of an glam interesting look this was not going to be her time to do it because she didn't want to upstage no one of our uh followers Lindsay, though did tweet that she was she managed to have sort of the messy bun underneath her fascinator and Lindsay wrote the messy bun did not hold up to that wind (laughs) (laughs) yeah so the wind really did provide a lot of problems i guess I mean, I I don't really feel like anyone... I mean, we talked about, like, a few people, like, some of the kids having issues coming in, but it was crazy when people were leaving. I feel like all the women were, like, holding their hats to their heads. It was, like, kind of intense. And then the carriage, when Eugenie and Jack left, they had to, like, sub in a last-minute carriage with a top on it because it was too windy for the open carriage. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And then when I walked into the building today, it was like more windy than it's been in, since last fall. I feel like it was the spirits from the wedding coming in to say hello to me, just to make it about me. Can we take a minute just to discuss how many weddings George and Charlotte have had to be a part of? Isn't that crazy? Oh, yeah. We, didn't really, we haven't really gotten into them. So, yeah, I guess George... I think you can sense, I feel like this is a safe comment, that Charlotte seems to enjoy these things way more than George, as you mentioned with the waving. But I kind of feel like at this point, even if like you're not tight with them, like you just want George and Charlotte to be your uh, in your party so that you kind of get that attention. Because like, I was like, this is kind of crazy. They have to, like, they've been in more weddings than I have, and they're like four years old. Like, it's just kind of crazy, you know? It's a little bizarre. But... I didn't see much. Did you see much else about George and Charlotte? I saw that Savannah, Savannah. Phillips, who we know has caused trouble before, <laughs> what was she doing? She was making George laugh. She was cracking him up, pretending to play the trombone like, <laughs> she like is the such band a, members she is were. such a character. I, I, for those who don't remember, she's the one who famously pushed George down a hill once. <laughs> right or something like that right right and it's just kind of funny because she and george are cracking up but charlotte is a true pro she does not break face at all she's just smiling waving she kind of knows her role there it's amazing so what other celebs 
are like I feel like there were a lot of unusual celeb attendees. I mean, who who was your favorite? I mean, Ricky Martin. I was very curious about that. Do we know any like do we have any understanding of how they know each other? I'm glad you asked. The Daily Mail, just because so many people were like, why is Ricky Martin at this wedding, published an entire article based on this alone. Someone told them Ricky was thought to have met the Queen's granddaughter in December last year when both attending the party for Art Basel in Miami. So can you imagine like... So, like, this is weird to me that they met, it sounds like, for one fun night, and then she was like, come to my wedding. Right. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's the equivalent of you inviting, like, Rihanna to your wedding. Yeah, exactly. Like, here's my number, one fun night. One of the other differences that they were talking about at the beginning of the telecast is that, so, I guess Harry and Meghan had around 600 people, is that right? And Eugene, Eugenie and Jack are having 850, which is so many people. Like, imagine knowing that many people. But the Prince Andrew, I guess, gave some interview earlier in the day or yesterday about how, like, the reason they're going to have more than Harry and Meghan is because they have more friends than Harry and Meghan, which I thought was a very interesting comment because, like, who has more friends than Harry and Meghan? And it also seemed, like, weirdly competitive. But and then they were talking on the telecast about how, I guess, in her job in the art world, she's, like, an international traveler. Um, so she's like always meeting people in different countries. Like they were trying to like explain why like they would need to have so many people there, but like that's a right. lot of people. Eight hundred and fifty. I know Demi Moore. It oh, seems yeah. a little bit like they were just trying to flesh out that celebrity. Yeah. Attendance. Um, Kate Moss and Naomi Campbell. So there was a heavy supermodel presence. Um, I. I can't believe Naomi Campbell showed up on time for anything. Yeah, Naomi. That looked, to me is the real takeaway. Naomi looked amazing. I loved that Kate Moss was essentially visible the entire telecast of the actual ceremony because you could see her above Jack's shoulder. I don't know why she had such a good seat, but she did. Um, so it was just like a funny thing to always be seeing Kate Moss. Not, I'm not going to complain though. Oh, Cara Delevingne, I loved her kind of tuxedo with the toothpick look. Um, that was wild. The top hat. She really went for it. And like, when else are you going to wear the tuxedo with the top hat and a toothpick than a royal wedding? So, you know. Oh, interesting. The, the commentators had an interesting... Co- they also created some scandal around this question. At the end of the wedding, when they were doing kind of like their recap, they said, would you have called this more of a society wedding or more of a royal wedding? And what do you think most of the commentators said? I can't wait. I would say definitely society. Society. Right? They said they said this felt even though it had the all the royal family members, you know, all the like, you know, Prince George, Charlotte, the whole royal sort of situation at Windsor Castle, it felt more like a society wedding, which felt like a diss. But it does sound like a diss. But then I was like, but who? Maybe it's not. Maybe it means it was more fun. I mean, I think they were going for a society wedding, right? And then they were saying the Queen. I don't know how true this is, but. I'm treating it like this is like the gospel from above, (laughs) these like ITV fun commentators. Anyway, but they said the queen was like, you're having the wedding at Windsor Castle. Like the queen was the one who kind of mandated that the wedding take place there. Right. And I guess it kind of makes sense because the family home is about three miles away. Right. So. And they were noting she like grew up around here, et cetera. Who else was interesting who attended? Oh, Chelsea and Cressida. 
I know. Chelsea, I feel like if I were Chelsea, I would kind of opt out of these weddings. It just seems like too many, too heated of a situation to have to see Harry with well, Meghan. It's also just kind of, um, does the Daily Mail have any commentary on that? I feel like they would be into that. Because I feel like it's also kind of just interesting. This isn't like someone she dated for two seconds. She dated Prince Harry for like eight years on and off. Like He's like her significant ex-boyfriend. So it's just kind of... I'm like, also, like, this friend circle is so intense. Like, they're just all, like, I know, it's so going incestuous. to each other's weddings and, like, have dated and I don't know. I know. Cressida, I can understand because Eugenie introduced Harry to Cressida. They had been friends first. So that made sense to me. Oh, I got it. Also, um, do we know why Demi Moore was there? I mean... <laughs> I think she might be friends with Sarah Ferguson. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, yes, in Sarah Ferguson's last memoir, it was during her marriage, during Demi's marriage to Ashton Kutcher and Fergie. She shared all these journal entries where she was just so jealous of Demi for being able to snag a younger man like Ashton. We should talk about some of the no-shows. The Cloonies were not there, which people were surprised about Oh, they kept, the, the commentators kept saying, like, joking about how, like, when you walk into the reception lunch, you know there's going to be, like, tequila handed out everywhere. Because Jack is uh, the brand ambassador, or the Europe spokesman for Casamigos tequila. So, George and Amal were almost definitely invited, I assume, if 850 people were invited and he works for Casamigos. But I guess Amal had an engagement in Philadelphia, it sounds like, today. Right, some sort of philanthropic situation, which honestly, that alibi carries more weight to me than Camilla's. Is Camilla not going? Okay, wait. So, yeah, what did the Daily Mail say about it? Oh, Daily Mail is so, so good. Let me pull it up here. Okay, so the Daily Mail, Camilla's official excuse was she had already scheduled this prior engagement to go visit a school. It wasn't like a huge event, but I guess she sent a handwritten letter to Eugenie apologizing for being unable to attend. In it, she explained that she had committed to visit a local school and did not want to let the children down. Side note, who are these school children, no offense, who are going to be so heartbroken that Camilla doesn't show up? But I love that the Daily Mail didn't stop their reporting there. They went to this village and just interviewed people on the street, <laughs> essentially asking, like, what do you think of Camilla blowing off this royal wedding, her family, essentially, royal wedding, to visit your town? One local said, we're used to seeing the royals out and about. They are part of the crafty community. And frankly, they could drop in at any time. I don't think anyone would have been too startled if the engagement was canceled because of the wedding. I cannot believe they. I love that they sent like an intrepid reporter team to this like village just to get some like shady Camilla quotes. Right, um, just to get some Camilla shade. But it was, I thought so it was good. glaring that she was the only major royal not 
there. Like, I almost wondered if she has, like, bad blood with Jack Brooks Bank or something. Like, I was like, what? Like, is there some other reason at play here? I don't know. The only thing I can think of is that Sarah Ferguson and Princess Diana were close friends. They had their fallings out, uh, falling out. But during the whole Charles breakup, Sarah did side with Diana. And, of course, Camilla was involved in the breakup. She was kind of the third person. But I think Sarah made a lot of like public appearances defending Diana, but that was so long oh, ago. Yeah. Interesting. So I don't know. But I love the idea of just a feud with Jack. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I also thought it was funny they added, I don't know how these commentators know this, but one of them like broke the exclusive news that Ed Sheeran and Elton John had been invited, but both had to turn down the invite because they're on tour. Um, oh, which yikes. all, which like, which it could be legit if they really did have a tour date scheduled, but also felt a little bit like, I don't know. Oh, James Blunt, I thought was interesting only in that. I think he's the only celebrity, like a non-royal person who was at Harry and Meghan's and this one. Am I wrong? I think. That tracks to me. No, I think that and makes what, sense. And what an odd like British celebrity to have been at both. I know, because um, the Beckhams weren't here. No, no Beckhams. I, I was expecting the Beckhams because I feel like they just kind of show up to these kind of British <laughs> events. Uh, but yeah, no Elton, no Beckhams. I feel like they actually tried to... Some Someone in the commentator said this one was more celeb studded. And I was like, what are you talking about? Megan and Harry's had Oprah, Oprah. Amal and George, the Beckhams, Serena... Like, I got very defensive. I was, like, not pleased with these commentators. Obviously, I was loving them for every other part of this uh, ceremony, but not that part. Um, What other comments did we get from readers and such? I feel like people... um, The messy bun was, I feel like, a big uh, sort of Megan's whole look. Messy bun, the toothpick, we got... um, Oh, right. Cara Delevingne's toothpick, the wind. I feel like people um, were into the Kate look. People were very into the Kate look, um, speculating. A few people speculated about whether Megan might be pregnant. Uh, oh, um, Charlotte's side eye. Charlotte's side eye. Oh, Josh, this curtsy. Can you explain this curtsy? Oh, Someone yeah. sent us a picture of it's William, Kate, uh, Megan, and a few other people standing outside the church. They must be watching as Eugenie and Jack get into a car and exit. Everybody's standing and smiling, but Megan is in a full curtsy. Like her knee is nearly on the ground. I want to believe that this photo was just taken at a weird moment and Megan was either getting back up or kneel. I don't know. Or was had just curtsied. Like, I feel like it, it otherwise it's too weird. I know it's bizarre. I feel like um, it's one of these photos that like is it looks weirder than it was maybe, but it's kind of an amazing photo. Right. Uh, Cherry Jones had a very interesting theory about Prince Andrew's yes. wedding kind of competing with Meghan and Harry. She said, I don't know why, but I feel like Prince Andrew, Andrew was like, you are the real princess. Everything Meghan has, you should have. Thus all the similarities. Luckily, the wind prevented the same open carriage ride at the end. I kind of feel like that tracks also with what we talked about earlier about him saying like they have more friends than Harry and Meghan. Like I feel like he was definitely, and it's been like an ongoing thing with Andrew that he's always wanted 
Beatrice and Eugenie to be like that bigger deal that you know like he wants they, he wants them to be treated in the same way that like William and Harry are I feel like this is all part of that kind of narrative so like I could see that right right there have been reports where he's been really jockeying to have Beatrice and Eugenie be full royals and paid for their royal duties they haven't been kind of upgraded to that status yet I also love Cherry's other comment why does Kate seem so much happier than she looked at Megan's wedding uh, which, which we we kind of commented on this before. <laughs> the only thing I'll say is I I would assume part of it is Megan's wedding. What she had been like four weeks after giving birth or something. Like she, I feel like her state of a fit. Wow, Julie is Julie is giving an interesting expression to that uh, rationalization. Well, um, uh, another another fan, Patty J, kind of had a similar sentiment. She said, "I feel like Kate Middleton really stepped up her game for this wedding." <laughs> Yeah. Also, this this is an interesting... God, you guys send us the best stuff. Someone wrote us, I'm a fan of Megan's look, but the messy bun, super low-key, low-maintenance, and chilled versus the head-to-toe, meticulously planned couture is becoming an irritating sartorial irony, meaning like Megan's the Megan's hair in contrast to the outfit. I didn't right. have never really thought about it that way, but that's interesting. I sort of feel like she keeps the hair that way, though, to keep like a semblance of quote-unquote normalcy or like relatability though right josh how surprised were you that samantha markle didn't show up in the crowds i i've never been more upset that's not true actually but i've never been more upset that i don't have access to her twitter account so that i can't see i want to know what she was tweeting today if anything um because i feel like she's definitely you know she's not gonna be able to hold back from weighing in she absolutely can't um, someone asked who Demi Moore's date was. It was Eric Butterbaugh, this celebrity oh, florist wait, in Los Angeles. I feel like you just, know him, right? I think I had to interview him at some point just because he's the guy who puts together like all the congratulatory flower arrangements for like Meryl Streep or everybody who wins Oscars. And he's the go-to. He and Demi are very close. Wait, coming in right under the wire, um, I just, someone tweeted one of the son one of the royal reporters for the sun who's a great follow uh, emily andrews she shared this little clip of so robbie williams the singer his daughter teddy uh was one of the um bridesmaids so she was like in the princess charlotte savannah phillips crew so i guess she went up to fergie did you hear about this and no. I, <laughs> I don't I, I haven't watched the clip yet so I'm going off of this transcript uh, Fergie was asked by Robbie Williams's daughter Teddy with an American accent if she's the queen no says Fergie hastily Teddy is not giving up are you a princess she yells yes says Fergie hastily and desperately trying to get away <laughs> oh my gosh can we hear the audio I mean if I is play- it worth I mean, I guess we don't have to. I'm watching the audio now, and it's it's given to with subtitles. It's kind of amazing. You can see Fergie trying to dart away, while Beatrice kind of hangs back. Daily Mail has to hire (laughs) Teddy as their investigative on the ground reporter. I love trying to just like like (laughs) get Fergie with these kind of like annoying (laughs) questions, like see if she'll break. Like, I feel like this is like the Samantha Markle probably hired Teddy Phillips. It sounds like. Or Teddy Williams, sorry. Oh, gosh. Josh, what are you most excited to see 
um, later in the day at the reception? What are you? Well, I know to see? I would I would normally say I want to see like if we get some new looks for the reception, and I know we obviously will probably see what the bride and groom change into, but I feel like you never get to see everyone else when it's the reception. Because I'd love to see what, like, Kate and William... Oh, we didn't talk about Pippa. She looked great. She um, looks incredible, and she just has one month left yeah, to go. Yeah, she was, like, I think eight or nine... Eight, she must be eight months pregnant. Um, I don't know. And then she was doing the full... Someone noted, maybe one of the commentators, she did the full walk after to, like, the lunchtime portion. But, yeah, I, I'm excited to see that. I guess I'm excited to see if they... Because if, I feel like when Megan changed, that was such an important moment... But I feel like it'll be interesting to see what you, if Eugenie switches as well to something like more kind of fun or modern. And I'm curious whether Fergie is going to take another walk after her own costume change. Maybe if Teddy isn't around. <laughs> I, do, I do kind of feel like Fergie's going to use this. Don't you feel like she's going to try to now do some sort of interview or like... I don't know. I feel like I feel like this is like her moment back in the in the spotlight a little. So she's going to try to keep it going. Um, thank you guys so much for hanging out with us this Friday royal wedding morning afternoon now by the time this is out. Right. <laughs> All right. That does it for this week's episode of In the Limelight. Thank you guys so much for listening. And uh, yeah, remember to rate, review, check us out on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us find new listeners and we appreciate it. You can reach out to us on Twitter at In the Limelight. You can also follow us individually. I'm at Julie W. Miller. And I'm at Jay Duboff. Uh, also Instagram in the Limelight pod for the podcast. This episode was edited and produced by Brett Fuchs. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk to you next week. And until then, no, no bad, bad energy. energy.